0: The postgame Show, brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence.
1: For the fourth straight year, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the champions of the Western Division. 24-13 the final behind a dominant defensive performance against Vernon Adams, who has the three highest passing games in the league this season. We joked in the pregame show, Cameron Poitras said, A couple interceptions and under 200 yards. Vernon Adams finished with 221 and three (laughs) picks. Cameron Poitras, you were smarter than all of us. (laughs) It wasn't under 200, but it was way closer to 200 than I ever would have expected. Derek Taylor and Greg Mackling with you. Christian O'Mell will join us uh, up from the sidelines as the Bombers are going back to the Grey Cup because... Well, the defense. They can do it with offense. They can do it with special teams. They can do it with running and passing. Today, they did it with the defense.
2: You take away that one play at the end of the first half. That hail mary and Cam Poitras is absolutely bang on. And we're talking about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers holding the BC Lions to six points. Yeah, that's nuts. Sergio, Sergio Castillo Castillo struggled today. He left five points on the board there. The Blue Bombers, you could argue, left four points on the board when they only got down to the three-yard line in that fourth quarter when they probably could have salted, probably should have salted it away there. Lots of things to love about this performance from this Winnipeg Blue Bomber defense. The offense, I guess we have a few questions about, but let's celebrate this defense because... You know the old saying, DT, defense wins championships, and this Winnipeg Blue Bomber team has been proving that for the better part of the last four and a half years. Join us on the text
1: line, if you would, at 204-780-6868. Give us your thoughts as the Bombers uh, get around to celebrate, and they'll get the Western Division Great uh, champion trophy. Malik Clements, two sacks. Huh. Willie Jefferson, two sacks, plus a knockdown. Jackson Jeffcoat. Two sacks. Reta Cramdy, one sack. Brian Cole, Kyrie Wilson, one sack, one interception. Evan Holm, interception. Demario Houston's interception was very timely. Tell, have we seen that before from Houston? Like a, a Calgary game, for example, the play that essentially won them the game in Calgary in the regular season? Yes. Uh, this. There is not a defensive player who didn't earn his
2: whatever Grey Cup salary in this game, Nick Hallett with the block punt in that first half. Nick Hallett's done some special things when counted upon and called upon on the defense. But that block punt and that touchdown in the first half turns out to be a gigantic play in this game.
1: I, I almost forgot about it, honestly, because the second half, I just I can't believe the the amount of conversation leading this week. Sometimes as the media, we get on certain Notes and we bang on certain notes, and I can't tell you how frustrated I was this week hearing Vernon Adams this and Vernon Adams that and how can they contain Vernon Adams scrambling and what will they possibly do against this guy who threw for 400 and all those touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns last week. I don't know if Richie Hall listened to any of that or just went, yeah, I, I, I got something that might work it. I got like 11-somethings that might work for it. Nine sacks of Vernon Adams is a number I almost don't believe because of how Vernon Vernon can play and and just uh, who thinks that a guy who's that good at scrambling is going to
2: get taken down nine times? There were certain times when it looked like maybe he could take off and decided not to. I'm not saying that there was a great number of times that that happened, but it happened enough that had me wondering, what's the deal with that? But the Blue Bombers brought numbers They brought numbers on a regular basis, and I know we're not necessarily used to that. To Richie Hall bringing a a huge number of guys on the pass rush, he brought them from different places. You mentioned Evan Holm gets in there, or Reddick Cramdy. You got to be inventive when you're playing a quarterback. That's as dangerous as Vernon Adams, and my hats off to Richie Hall for finding a way to put pressure on. On the quarterback that, as you mentioned, I was right at the front of the line, DT, asking you, how are they going to contain this guy? Well, exhibit A. There were there were a couple of times where it was a
1: quick beat, right? Willie or Jackson gets on him immediately, but there were times where Vernon has two and a half, three and a half seconds in the oh. pocket, and you're watching this going, either they have freaked him out enough that he's not seeing what he should see, or they are covered and Doug Brown will always talk about coverage sacks past rush and coverage they they're you know chocolate and peanut butter right and man whatever allowed them the time on the other seven sacks to get to him this was a full defensive performance from the bombers um and DeMario Houston that's his playoff debut big big time interception i just there are a few times every year I'm just caught in disbelief, about. I can't believe, I couldn't believe Montreal walloped the Toronto
2: Argos. I can't believe a team sacked Vernon Adams nine times. Well, and, nine was the key number in that game, too. Nine turnovers by Montreal. And then you have nine. Oh my!
1: Oh, I thought it was nine to one for a second. That would have been amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? Though it was nine to two in sacks in this game.
2: Yeah, and the second one, I don't even know if that second sack was for a loss of more than half a yard because Zach took off and slid down to keep the to keep the clock running uh, late in that late in the the game on that final drive.
1: Yeah, just a, an incredible performance from this Bombers defense, and it's going to overshadow. Uh, at least for a little bit, how great Brady Oliveira and the run game were in the beginning of this game. He ends up finishing with 21 carries for 109 yards, five yards a carry. Not too bad. He's got a touchdown in this one. The opening drive, we've already talked about this earlier in the broadcast. It was a 70-yard opening drive. Brady Oliveira had all 70 of those yards, 59 rushing and 11 yards receiving. BC was able to turn that tap off. But Brady made the difference on made much of the difference on offense.
2: You don't want to look for too many negatives right now. We've got, we've got eight days to do that and to con- you know talk about Zach Caleros and his lack of pr- production today and the struggles that the Blue Bomber passing game had. But we'll also be talking about Adam Big Hill and whether or not Adam Big Hill, you know, an inspirational figure on this team. When they went in at the half, you knew he wasn't coming back out for that second half, but you had to sense, at least I did, Derek, that there was no way this team was going to let one of their stalwart leaders down.
1: Everything about that Adam Big Hill injury just we don't know. It just says season ending. When a guy goes off on the cart and BC lost Keon Hatcher and TJ Lee in this game off on a cart, you just go, that's that's the end of the season. It just it feels like it and for a guy who's been so durable and so healthy and just critical to their on the field play and I, I would just assume their off field locker room as well. It was it, it just it just wrenched my gut there at halftime to see Adam Big Hill sitting alone on the bench with a five yard radius because no one really wanted to what do you say to him
2: feeling on the sideline. One of the narratives all year long was Jackson Jeffcoat and how important he is to this Blue Bomber defense. And I think we'd argue, I think you'd argue successfully that if you spoke to Jackson about his health, he might be as healthy coming into today's game as he has been in years, let alone this late in the season. And Jackson Jeffcoat was absolutely dominant. It allowed, as we've talked about, it allowed Willie Jefferson to do Willie Jefferson things, to knock down passes, to harass Vernon Adams, to basically keep Adams contained in that pocket. It was an impressive display of defense, and it all started with that with that incredible Winnipeg front. You, you talk about contain, and, and the guys will talk about
1: Willie kind of gave me the lesson on this this week. You do your pass rush and you retrace your steps, but you're doing that pass rush to the depth of the quarterback and you set that edge. And, and it's hard to stop. And and you just think of the sack and you go, yeah, those guys were rock solid. Vernon scrambling. had He had one quarterback sneak for one yard. He had one scramble for six yards in this game. That was it. That was almost a determining factor in the week 18 game. It was non-factor in this game thanks to that uh, Winnipeg defense and Christian Amell was on the sidelines uh, for the whole thing. I I, try to pick a most outstanding defensive player from this game. Try to pick one.
3: Many of those sacks were because of the coverage downfield. It was not one second, two second. It was four, five. And then it's just hard to protect a quarterback for five seconds, no matter who the other team is. Right. And the coverage from, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers tonight was really, really good. And I, I wonder how healthy V.A. really was uh, in terms of his, his scrambling because he was looking pretty badly in the first half. And then looked fine in the second half, but he was not looking to run. Yeah. He was trying to hold on to the ball, wait to see something down the field. And, and part of that is because he's, I think he's less of a rushing quarterback than we think he is. hundred percent agree. But at the same time. He could have done damage with his legs, and it didn't look like he wanted to in this one. But part of that is because the Bombers weren't letting him, right? Full credit to the Bomber defense is part of that.
1: I think I think V.A. finished as the fourth quarterback in rushing this season with a little over 300 yards. And I, I took it as, a, as to his credit last week against Calgary, watching him hang in the pocket to try to make the passes downfield. But, I mean, in, in the fourth quarter, about three minutes late, left, after one of those drives, well, he's limping again. Like, he was... Very clearly, not a hundred percent. Not that that says—I mean—determined much in this game because the bombers were so good. But it's this was not the we talked about it in the pregame show. Why are people pushing so hard for Vernon Adams? Doug Brown would say, "Well, you need to do it in the playoffs." Well, here we are. The the bombers' defense kept him from doing what he wanted to do it, and other than the
3: hail mary, what they do today, really?
1: Uh, apart from that, it was one seventy six passing, like. We were joking, Cam Poitras, under 200 yards and two picks. No way, no how. Well, if not for <laughs> the fluke catch by Justin McInnes at halftime, yeah, it that would made have us been. a little... But uh, that
3: made this game interesting. Because if that doesn't happen, it's 18-3. Maybe they, you know, who knows what BC does in the second half and they kind of cakewalk to the end. They they all of a sudden had to earn it when it's 18-13.
1: You're starting to think... Are they going to let this slip away? And the, and the defense said, no, we got this. How queasy did you get at any point during this game, Greg Mackling?
2: Several times I got very queasy just because the Bombers left point more because the Bombers didn't do what you expect them to do on offense. You expect them to score in the red zone. You expect them to move the ball with authority on a regular basis. And Sergio Castillo, you do not expect him to miss field goals. He misses one, I guess, what was it, short? And yeah. then he doinked one off the upright. Um, yeah, it's not it's not what you expect, and so th- those are the f- sorts of things. If you're the BC Lions, you put on the list of things that need to happen in order for you to win a game like this. And some of those things were happening. Zach Caleros not at his best. Your kicker not at a, not at his best.
3: But one thing Winnipeg didn't do, you, I guess you could count a missed field goal as a quasi turnover. Yes, But the Bombers took care of the football in this game, right? Yep. We saw it in the East East Final. Toronto just crapped all over themselves and turned the ball over nine times. That's how you lose a football game. Winnipeg, the way that, uh, except for, again, the Hail Mary, that was the one big mistake they made. They played a very clean football game. Sure, the passing game was a little bit iffy, but when the push came to shove, that completion to a super-duper open Kenny Lawler was such a big part of that really game-sealing drive right and then bc just couldn't keep up after it goes to a two possession game
2: you had the pass interference on yep. kenny lawler which derek i know you've argued should count in his statistics yeah he was made a that he today. made that incredible catch there on were like back. three and catches today like lawler he made that was
3: high degree of difficulty yeah, he catches. was
2: outstanding tonight
1: i You were on the sideline. The Lawler catch here. The elbows down to make him in bounds, but I'm not 100 percent sure. My view was kind of blocked because there's a lot of the reserve players
3: are standing right in front of it. I so I see him make the catch. I see him after it's done with the ball. It's kind of the in between moments, which is what would have determined if it was a catch or not. To say whether or not he caught it, and I guess there wasn't a, a great enough view, but. Still good on the
1: Bombers for getting up and snapping it. whether or not. He's had a couple this year where it's like,
3: did he actually catch that? I don't know. It's in the books as a catch, so we got to call the catch.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Kenny Lawler, 6 for 83, the leading receiver for the Bombers in this one. We'll do the final numbers for JML Renovations. They don't just build a garage. They build your garage. Visit jmlrenovations.ca. Zach Kolaris, 14 of 21, 67% for 158, no touchdowns, no turnovers. Brady Oliveira, 21 carries, 109 and a touchdown. Lawler, six for 83. Nick Dembski, we weren't 100% sure if he'd be ready to go. Three for 37 and just missed on a touchdown. Brady Oliveira added two catches for 15 yards. We ran through all the sacks. Uh, Retta Cramdy, the leading tackler, with four tackles. BC, how were they going to do without their middle linebacker, Ben Hladic? Well, Josh Woods had 12 tackles in this game, plus one on special teams. Justin McKinnis, 110 yards receiving, 45, obviously on the hail mary at the halftime, but four catches for 110. Lucky Whitehead, four for 62, and just BC does not run the football. Taquan no. Mizell, five for 37. That's good. That's, <laughs> That's over seven yards a carry. One was for 22 yards. The other four go for 15 in total. They yeah. just it's fair. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, right? One of the things we talked about leading up to it is. There are multiple ways the Bombers can win a football game. There's one way BC can win a football game. And if the pass game isn't producing and it didn't today, BC did not have a real good chance in this one.
3: So basically, if you're looking at a gambling perspective, over on Oliveira and Lawler and basically under everything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which,
3: yeah. Including the game total. 49 and a half.
1: In Incredibly, incredibly so. Let's go down to the locker room. And welcome in the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Mike, congrats on the uh, win, and thank you for your time, sir. Yeah, it's uh, it's a win. <laughs> it's, a, it's a win. You talked about you like three-phase wins the best. How many phases was this one? Was it three?
4: Oh, yeah. That block punt by Nick Hallett and this touchdown to boot. I mean, that's
1: those are game changers right there. Absolutely. And nine sacks from the defense. What what worked so well, or, or who do we need to pat you're, on the back not, for that?
4: You know what? We're not answering any of those questions. <laughs> How do our you guys, our guys ran hard. They played hard. They, they, they brought a lot of energy. That's that's what worked, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it very much did. Nine sacks in this one. Uh, Brady Oliveira had all seventy yards on that opening touchdown drive. What do you make of Brady in a game like this?
4: Yeah, I mean he's tough as nails, right? He, he, once again, I'll, you'll get tired of me saying it. I'll say it over and over again. He plays football the right way, and he plays it the way we like, the style that we like.
1: Yeah, uh, I assume Adam Big Hill plays it the way you like. Is there anything you can tell us about Biggie?
4: No, not yet. Uh, not yet, too early. Uh,
1: just uh, w- that guy. He he. I don't know that he misses games with injury ever, even at his age. And he's just It he he feels like he's been just an absolute warrior for you guys.
4: Well, I imagine we'll continue that same trend.
1: <laughs> um, Demario Houston gets his playoff debut and gets a critical interception. What did you make of Demario today?
4: Oh yeah, I mean. It, it, you know, besides that end of the half play, we defense did a pretty darn good job. So that was a, that's a great play by DiMario to get in front and get in front cleanly, and uh, you know, attacking the ball right. He attacked through the ball and had good sure, sure hands. And so that was that was excellent.
1: Yeah, uh, Nick Hallett with the uh, with the punt block for the touchdown. Um, I, we were wondering, he, he did he get a little of the punter, or did it just look like he got a little of the punter?
4: Well, you're you're okay to get a little bit of the punter. You can't block the punt and then go through their plant right through their plant leg. So there still is a roughing component if you just if you tip the ball and go right through his plant leg. But I think he was there fairly early, so he had the ball, and it, it was like he almost like he could have tackled him.
1: It it was it was in. A, I mean, so many plays in this game made such a big deal. Uh, how do you feel about going back to the Grey Cup, Mike? Uh, t- I,
4: it's not back. We're going to the Grey Cup. Yeah. <laughs> We're not <laughs> nothing about history here. We're this is a, a one shot deal for this team.
1: So, if I tell you about 1982 and the last time a team yeah, went to four straight yeah. great cups, you know, well, I was 12, <laughs> had my first beer. No, go ahead, <laughs> Mike. Uh, w- can, any early thought you could give us about the Montreal Alouettes going to the game with you? Y-
4: yeah, I hadn't, uh, I didn't get to see a bunch of that game, but um, congratulations to them. Obviously, they believed wholeheartedly. Uh, they managed to uh, obviously block out all the noise. Um, and, you know, I'm excited for the matchup. They're a very good football team. Obviously, their defense was was
1: spot on again. Mike, thank you for your time. We'll talk to you in the coaches' show on Monday. Thank you, sir. Yep, take it easy. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Nice to have joined us in the postgame show.
2: Bombers, just four penalties tonight. There was one that I thought could be really costly, and that was the one where they, where they ran out of time in the first half, cost them a down. So that doesn't show up here, I don't think, in terms of the yardage. Right. Four, but it does show up in terms of the number of penalties. Four, thirty-five yards. BC, seven penalties, ninety-one yards. Very quietly, ninety-one yards. Well,
3: the pass interference penalty is a big part of that.
2: Of course, that's a big part of it, but it's still seven. It's still twice, almost twice as many penalties as the as the Blue Bombers as the Blue Bombers had. And coming into this game, the Bombers, the least penalized team with 100 penalties this year, and BC had 154 penalties this year. So the difference in terms of that that discipline, it, it does show up a little bit again tonight.
1: That's, uh, it, it feels like, I don't know what it is, if it's the push-ups they're doing at practice, but every year Coach O'Shea just kind of sloughs it off like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's six years in a row. Yeah. Right? It's a trend.
3: Yeah, and that time count violation, if they don't take that, if they run a play, if it's a running play, BC ended up using their timeout on their drive, but the hail mary probably doesn't happen if they don't take that time count penalty, and it's probably eighteen three at the half. And yeah. I get my Nick Hallett post game or a uh, halftime interview.
1: <laughs> That's right, did I make th- this about me. Uh, yeah, we, well, it, you end up because stars are stars. You end up interviewing a lot of the same guys a lot of the time. So when a guy like Nick Hallett makes a play that substantial. You just, Game-changing play. You, you want to give him the love, right? So it was, it was unfortunate, but we'll catch up with Nick during the week because I feel like that was a hell of a play that we made. Oh, yeah. Need to talk about in our uh, broadcasting in and around the Grey Cup as uh, Greg Mackling and I head to Hamilton.
2: Back the to the Cup. hammer. Um, yeah, he'll get
3: a drive there though this time, right?
2: No. <laughs> well, if we are driving, we got to leave tonight. Uh, <laughs> second down conversions, BC, just four on seventeen opportunities. The Bombers. 14 on 23 opportunities. Uh, just what the defense did. I think I'm gonna need like two days just to sit down and break all break down everything that the defense managed to do. Uh, BC last week was 16 of 23. Just for comparison,
1: let's go uh, back down to the locker room and welcome in one of the stars of the game, Jackson Jeffcoat. Jackson, congratulations on the win and thank you for your time.
5: Hey, no problem. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Uh, how did that game feel?
5: Exciting. It was fun uh, We knew what we had to do defensively and uh, we made we set out to do it make sure that we we can made it so Vernon couldn't really get his reads and get get the ball down the field and was uncomfortable all day
1: Yeah, I'm going to guess it was a half dozen times this week You and the guys near you were asked how are you possibly going to contain? Vernon Adams and you guys get nine sacks in this game from a variety of places Uh in the in the broadest term, however, specific to get, how on earth does that happen?
5: That's what we, we we set out to do. It. We made sure that we were going to make plays. We knew that if we we kept him from throwing the ball down the field and getting these wide open throws, uh, he would have a long night. And if we were all over him, he would have a long night. And that that was the goal. That was the goal. Hats off to them. They're a great team. Um, they have got a great offensive line, great receivers. Uh, but we wanted it. We want this
1: when they get that touchdown just at the end of the half what were you thinking going into the locker room
5: uh i was frustrated i uh, we gave that to them we let them have that and like that's not our our style of ball so we were all frustrated we all said like let's go shut this down now
2: jackson how healthy are you right now we've been speculating we've wondered if it's been a while since you've been this healthy this late in the season everybody's banged up we know that but how are you feeling right now physically?
5: I feel great. I feel great. We're going to the Great Cup. I feel good. I'm excited. I can't wait to play. Uh, like you said, guys get banged up. It's part of football. It happens. Uh, but, uh, no, nah, I feel great. I'm ready to play a <laughs> physical game.
1: You, you absolutely look great in this game, as did several of your teammates. Um, Nick Hallett blocking the, the punt. What's it like having a guy like Nick Hallett? A little further down the roster, making such a critical play in a huge game.
5: Nick Hallett is a workaholic. He works his butt off. He works hard. He doesn't get his uh, respect from the media and whatnot. But a uh, great guy, works Works hard, makes plays, and uh, he deserves that. He deserves that for sure because he's always making something happen. If not make, let it, opening up other people to make plays, he's going out and making big hits.
1: How do you feel about going to a fourth straight Grey Cup?
5: i'm excited i'm excited this is the new one for uh this group so this is this is a lot of people's first great cup so i'm i'm taking it taking it all in and making sure that we handle our business
1: no uh no team has gone to four straight great cups since quite a bit before you were born does it feel like you're in the middle of anything special
5: man like i said i'm, I'm just i'm in the present right now when it's all said and done i can look back at it but it, i, I want to win a great cup i want to go to Hamilton and win a great cup
1: how do you feel about facing the Montreal Alouettes in that great cup
5: man that's a good team again like I said we're gonna have a physical game that's a physical team so it it it, it's gonna be fun uh you know I would have loved to play Toronto because uh we had some unfinished business but still we still have unfinished business
1: Jackson, uh, I appreciate it. You, you certainly, as a defense and as a team, took care of business tonight. We appreciate you joining us in the post game show. Thank you, sir.
5: Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate y'all. Jack- Have a good
1: night. Jackson, Jeff Coat joining us in the post game show. You're, you're giggling, Greg Mackling. In the middle of it all,
2: in the middle of an unprecedented since 1982 fourth straight visit to the Grey Cup, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to a player, to a coach, to a, an individual in this organization are going to say, yeah, we're going to the Grey Cup in 2023. There's no conversation about dynasty. There's no conversation about the top or flagship franchise in the Canadian Football League, which they clearly are right now, Christian. There's just no discussion. They just will not let that seep into their vernacular.
3: Part of that, part of the reason why they're here is because of that. 100%. They're narrow focus on now on what the task at hand is is part of the O'Shea brand that has allowed this team to have so much success over the last number of years and I found it interesting that Jackson flat out admitted I wish it was Toronto right well he didn't say I wish but he said it would have been nice to be Toronto because they wanted to revenge they've talked about they, I think they've skirted the idea of revenge against the Argos all season Jackson let it slip a little bit there that they they would have liked to have beaten Toronto to get that great cup, but if they get a third ring in four years, they're not going to care who it's against.
2: I have to go through year by year one more time, but I'm certain this is great cup 110. This is the first time ever Winnipeg and Montreal will face one another. Ooh, I'll, the,
3: I'll go on Wikipedia as you guys talk.
2: There we go. Uh, Edmonton from 70,
1: uh, 78 78 to 82 they won they went to the great cup in 77 they went nine times in a 10 year span yeah that was the last team to go to four straight great cups before that it was the tie cats and i don't have it in front of me i think they went seven
2: and eight years or eight and nine years something goofy like that and
1: that was in the 60s That that was before coach o'Shea was born like this is an incredible historic run and as much as as much as maybe it's just me i feel like People are actively rooting against the Bombers to go back to the Grey Cup. Oh, you do that, though.
2: Hey, I can tell you, I lived (laughs) through that Edmonton dynasty, and they beat the Bombers several times in the West Final, and even when they were not beating the Blue Bombers in the West Final, I was cheering actively against them, and you're supposed to cheer for... The Canadian thing is, you know, if you live in the West, you cheer for the Western team... Not once yeah. did I cheer for that Western team. So
3: sixty-one to sixty-five. As I go from now to back in time, Cats went five years in a row.
2: It was five. Okay. So
3: that's two. Uh, so the Eskimos, late seventies, early eighties. Cats early sixties. As I continue to peruse the history to see if I see Winnipeg versus uh, Montreal, but I am I'm not seeing it.
1: I don't think you're going to see it. Uh, yeah, incredible. So four straight years they're going to the Grey Cup. Uh, I mean. We open up for what could be. They host the Grey Cup in 2025. I, I made the joke a long, long time ago. Zach Kalaris can retire having won five year, five Grey Cups in six years and doing it here in Winnipeg. As Mackling uh, rolls his eyes, <laughs> only need two more, man. Only yeah, need first to get time. Two more. First time. They first take time. They take on, we'll of course spend a ton of time this coming week uh, in our sports and in a Christian sports show. They allowed six offensive points. To the Montreal Alouettes this season. In two games. In two games. Pretty good. 14 points were scored by Montreal's defense. First game was weird. 17-3. The weather was awful. 47-17 with two defensive touchdowns for Montreal. They have dominated the Alouettes this season. It's been a while since they've played. And Montreal forcing nine turnovers on the Argos is certainly worth something. But I love this
2: matchup for the Bombers. One name I'm going to throw out there is the guy to watch. If we talk about revenge, if we talk about getting back, is Sean Lemon. He was convinced he was coming to Winnipeg earlier this year and ended up in Montreal.
1: Yeah, and uh, he is a guy that Zach Kalaris will have to... uh Work on next weekend. Zach joins us now. Zach, congratulations on the win, and thank you for your time, sir.
6: I love Sean Lemon. Big guy. I love a guy. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why do you love Sean Lemon? He's already Facetime me and Stan. Congratulations us. He's just a good dude.
1: is <laughs> no, he really? That's amazing. Yeah, he's yeah, a good dude. Oh man, if you guys can you'll meet up in Hamilton somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what's your impression of this game?
6: Uh, just total team effort. Uh, got a bunch of messages from guys around the league. Just you know, just congratulating us on a, just a total. Uh, Team effort, complimentary football, however you want to say it. I mean, Nick Hallett blocking the blocking the punt, then returning it. Um, you know, Janarian was great all night with the field position stuff. I thought Jameson was unbelievable. Uh, Surge, Surge did a great job um, in, in tough conditions with the win. Uh, the defense, I don't think gave up any points, minus the hail mary there. They were unbelievable. I mean, uh, sorry, I had a beer. I can't really. <laughs> That's hurt all right now. Uh, I mean, Jackson and, and Willie looked. Uh, they're just unbelievable all night long. You know, Adam Adam going down uh, is tough. When you when you got a guy like that, just a, one of the most unbelievable leaders and people have ever been around is tough. But, you know, who, you know, I think it was B. Cole stepped in and, uh, you know, Malik and guys like that and, and obviously Shane and, uh, you know, fill it in there. And uh, just, uh, you know, hats off to our defensive staff. Just an unbelievable plan to, uh, to stop a, a really good offense, a dynamic offense. And they were great all night. And, you know, I think offensively we did a good job. We got to do a better job on first down. Um, but we, we made plays when we needed to.
1: Uh, the defense has nine sacks of Vernon Adams, and I wow. thought, wow, really? Holy yeah. And, and and I think, man, whenever whenever you face them, you're wearing wearing a yellow jersey that they can't get you. I, I feel like sometimes you're happy for
6: that they're on your side. I've been saying that for a long time. Being uh, being on the uh, same team as Willie and and uh, Jackson, so yeah.
1: I- incredible. Uh, the first the opening drive, you guys go seventy yards. <laughs> Brady gets all 70 of those yards uh, just him in this game or him this season wherever you want to talk about Brady Oliver if you would
6: he's had a, a you know obviously a, a very special season uh, you know he just an unbelievable competitor an unbelievable teammate just so competitive uh, that first drive there we thought we did a really good job of uh, you know mixing in some calls and uh, you know, adjusting to what they were doing defensively, and our offensive line and Brady did an unbelievable job. You know, going, going from run plays to pass plays. I'm sorry, going from pass plays to run plays if we get the right look, uh, and they executed at a high level. And Brady hit the hole hard.
1: Uh, Kenny Lawler in this game, the leading receiver for you guys, six catches for 83 yards, a ridiculous one on the sideline going toward the south end, uh, and then draws a, a big pass interference call late in this game. Uh, you don't have Dalton Schoen, but you still have Kenny Lawler. What's that like as the quarterback?
6: I mean, it's pretty nice as the quarterback, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I feel like you lose your number one receiver, but, oh, hey, we have another number one receiver right here. Yeah, I, th-
6: I think our, all of our guys just do things really well. You know, They, they complement each other. I mean, D- Dalton, though, and, and Kenny, I, I think, you know, pretty much got the entire uh, package. You know, I, I think we, get, we can do some things with Dalton. Uh, that we can't with some other guys, uh, you know. So not having him out there it makes it a little bit more difficult. But um, you know, obviously having a guy like Kenny out there, you know, he always dictates the coverage. Even Lynn Dalton's on the field, you know, teams have to be aware of, of where Kenny's at. Uh, and, and then the other guys, you know, Drew Altarski, uh, Rashid, you know, De- Dembski, I mean, Dembski and Rashid didn't practice all week long. I woke up this morning, you know, with a text from from Nick, and I guess I feel really good. I'm gonna try to go. So uh, just uh, hats off to those guys for. Uh, their toughness, man. I, I haven't been around a lot of people like uh, like Nick, obviously, but Rasheed Bailey. His toughness, his competitiveness, and, and just what he brings to the table day in and day out. And obviously, Brandon did a good job. And um, you know, I, th- I think he, I think he had a couple third. Sorry, I, I keep saying third down convergence. I've been watching the I've been watching the NFL too much. But uh, yeah, but, but but Brandon did a really good job of, of just kind of sticking with me on a couple plays there, and uh, catching secure and getting upfield. And, uh, and and the young guys too. And it was a really really hectic week, you know, not knowing who was going to play so uh those guys all prepare their butts off all week long
1: uh watching Adam Big Hill go down just if you would any thoughts you have about what Adam Big Hill is to the Blue Bombers I mean
6: he's just uh, he means a lot to us obviously he's uh he's what being a Blue Bomber is about you know he comes to work every day uh he grinds it out he's the first first one in last one to leave uh brings that mentality not just the defense but to the whole team um, a smart player, a competitive player. Obviously, his talent is off the charts, but uh, his intangibles are, are things that you really can't put into words and uh, the way that he elevates everybody around him. So um, hoping that the diagnosis is okay for him. Uh, but just, uh, you know, just you're locked in in the moment, but, you're, but you're, you're sad for your friend and your teammate there. Zach, that first uh,
2: touchdown drive, it was all brady Oliveira all the time 70 yard drive how comfortable is it comforting is it to have him in your hip pocket like that
6: uh, it's awesome uh, obviously and uh, you know I, I think you know bc did a pretty good job of adjusting to what we were doing but uh, you know our guys up front and brady kept grinding out all night long
1: uh, montreal alouettes are the eastern division champions what do you think about a great cup early thoughts you might have on a great cup against the montreal alouettes
6: yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, they're they're a really good football team. You know, I, I think you know my first coach uh, in the league, really or quarterback coach, was Jason Moss, and so I've spent a lot of time around him and understand what he's all about. Um, you know, so I, I'm excited for him, obviously, and excited for the matchup. And you know, I, I I say it every time we play Noel Thorpe. He's a he's a great defensive mind. He always brings something new to the table, and it's it's gonna be a challenge. You know, just trying to figure out what they're gonna do. It's been a long time since we played them. They they are a team who likes to change things weekly and uh and they do a great job pressuring like you said sean lemon is uh you know he's the guy that continues to get after the passer you know even at our old age you know so it's good <laughs> and and zach this is now four straight gray cup appearances
1: for for you guys uh for you as a player for for the bombers uh what do you make of going to four straight gray cups
6: yeah none of it matters he's got to win the next one we got to win the next one. I mean, we'll, we'll reflect on it. I'll give you a better answer after uh, after this next one.
1: I like it. Zach, thank you for your time, man. Congrats tonight.
6: Appreciate it, guys. Take care.
1: He is the quarterback, Zach Kilaris. Nice enough to join us in the post-game show. And I, I tried. I threw it out there just to see. But uh, it's all about the
2: next game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You gotta give D T credit, Christian, for at least trying to get one of these guys to bite on the idea that that foreign in a, row is a big deal. I, I
3: know I know reporters were trying all week to get something out of them. And I played audio a bit of it on my show about how it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, and my Michael I think the thing he said was it's the kind of thing that ten years from now it's easier to talk about over a beer. And perhaps it is, but the the focus of this team, it, it's incredible because it, it feels, and we've talked about it for years, it, it feels like it, it's a cliche, right? Just we'll go one and oh every week, but they've made it beyond a cliche because of how successful they've been at going one and oh every week these last four years, especially in this building where
1: they're pretty well invincible. Yeah, it's they'll, I mean, they, they'll say what they like, right? But you go to four straight great cups. The 80s and the 60s were the last time it happened. It's super special. It is absolutely special. And there's no, it's not necessarily over after this year, right? This, the 2023 great cup doesn't have to be the end of it. There, there could be more to come. So we're, who knows? No one knows how long it'll go.
3: The two teams that we just mentioned that went to four in a row, went to five in a row. That's so very great true things come in fives it's clearly. you don't <laughs> Just know p- p- them in yeah you
1: Derby. don't know where it's when it's going to end but you 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 have to know that as a bomber fan we're in the middle of something incredibly special in the Canadian football it. you're you you're listening may not have been alive to know uh, Warren Moon with the Edmonton Elks and Brian Kelly and Brian Fryer and Tommy Scott and, and the whole gang. And, uh, oh, gosh, the quarterback who threw it over his head, the old guy who was Tom Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson, thank you, who we was splitting time with Warren Moon. You may not remember those days, but uh, if you do, this is a this is first for you in your lifetime. So uh, let's all enjoy it while it goes. And they're off to Hamilton to face... How on earth? The Montreal Alouettes <laughs> well, are they going to be eight
3: point, nine point favorites in this game? At
1: least Toronto was an eleven point at favorite all. today at home, yeah. neutral field. If it, uh, I, I, I said, I said earlier in the in the broadcast, take first play to be a passing play at plus one twenty. If you did, you won a bunch of money. <laughs> if it opens under seven, hammer it. I don't think it will. Ha- I I don't think it will either.
3: It'll open at eight or eight and a half.
1: But if it opens under seven, just hammer it.
2: Forecast (laughs) uh, early weather forecast for Hamilton next Sunday. It'll
1: it'll smell weird. (laughs) It'll be damp, and then what?
2: (laughs) Sunshine and eight degrees.
1: Nice. Oh, hello.
2: So, so what
1: was it at 21? It was windy, The right? day
2: before the Grey Cup was in 21, w- it was really 80 to 100 kilometer an right. hour wind. It was absolutely <laughs> insanity. You know, 24 hours makes all the difference in the world when it comes to weather. But you mentioned Edmonton and just this, what the Bombers are doing here. It's the fact that there's, you heard it from Jackson Jeffcoat, there are guys going to their first cup. It's true. Right? It's not the same group. And you're talking about a team. Edmonton transitioned from Lemmerman and Wilkinson to Wilkinson and Moon, and eventually it was just basically Warren Moon. But the Bombers started this with Andrew Harris, and now they've transitioned to Brady Oliveira, and there's a whole list of players that have now grown into their positions since 2019. That's impressive. That's what a dynasty does. That's culture. That's the flagship franchise of any league that's able to do that
1: demario houston and evan holm first playoff start for them winston
2: rose sat out this game
1: both those guys tonight. Made, and it worked made big plays and it worked. in this one final numbers for jml renovations they don't just build a garage they build your garage visit JMLRenovations.ca. just shy of nine o'clock we'll take a break we'll come back and we'll talk to willie jefferson on the other side it's princess auto blue bomber football
7: on 680 cjob
0: The Start. We're discussing the sentencing hearing for the man charged in a fatal drunk driving crash.
7: What conversations are taking place out there with those who want to have a drink? What kind of designated driver plans get made? You'd like to think that we evolve as a society and that stupid things that were done 50 years ago or that my generation did 20 years ago and so on, Greg, you know, that we've evolved. And then you continue to hear stories like this and you think, no, that's why we need to keep telling people the same thing over and over and over again.
0: The Start, weekday morning, 6 to 10. If you got pain in your
7: do you go to just
0: anybody? Or do you want to take your to the best? Yeah, you go with the top guy, like Dr. Jay Buenafé. He is one of the top-rated
7: doctors on RateMD. Approximately 1 in 10 men suffer from a condition called Peyronie's disease. It can cause pain and discomfort. Learn how Dr. Jay Buenafé can help. Book your confidential visit at BuenaféClinic.com. With the cold weather already here, there's never been a better time to change up your kitchen and bathroom. At Factory Kitchens Direct, they have everything you need to get your dream project completed. They even carry four lines of in-stock cabinets that can be taken home in as little as three days. Open Monday to Friday. There's no appointment needed. But for speedier, no-waiting in-line service, book your appointment by calling 204-943-6180 or email your plans. Factory Kitchens Direct, 289 King Street. Customized premium storage. My Second Garage. Keep your cars, boats, ATVs, and snowmobiles protected with heated storage units, a personal on-site wash bay, and 24-hour in-unit monitoring. My Second Garage is Winnipeg's first storage facility. Thoughtfully designed with 16-foot clear ceiling heights to perfectly fit your lifestyle storage needs. Located in Oak Bluff on McGilvery Boulevard and in close proximity to Tuxedo, Lindenwoods, White Ridge, and Bridgewater. MySecondGarage.com. Customized premium storage. Winnipeg Blue Bomber
0: football on 680 CJOB, the post game show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence.
1: Winnipeg Blue Bombers off to a fourth straight Grey Cup, fourth time they've won the Western Division in a row, 24 13, the final as they beat. The B.C. Lions, Uh, one guy who certainly helped them get back to the Grey Cup is Willie Jefferson. Willie, congratulations on the win and thank you for your time, sir. I appreciate y'all boys for having me. (laughs) Um, You guys as a unit sacked Vernon Adams nine times. I'm not sure I thought that was possible. How, How did you guys make that happen?
8: Constant pressure, continuing to get up the field, not quitting on the pass rush and just being hungry.
1: How many times this week do you think you got asked or you heard a teammate get asked, oh, how are you guys possibly going to contain Vernon Adams? Like, a man, million?
8: It was, it, was, it was somewhere up there. It was somewhere up there, man. But it's just, it's just uh, a credit to film study, the process that we go through every week, and our coaching staff just uh, constantly being on us about keeping contained, rush lanes, and knowing what, what our, what our, what our uh, partner's going to do
1: you get two sacks. We speak of partners, you get two sacks and, and old Jackson Jeff gets two sacks as well. The balance there I think as a numbers guy I appreciate.
8: Hey man, it's 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 a team game. You know, Jackson Jackson keep Jackson gon gon gonna rush until he can't rush no more and then step on somebody and I'm gonna keep rushing until I can't rush no more, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna keep stepping too.
1: Uh when Nick Hallett blocks that punt and takes it in for a touchdown, what was your reaction?
8: Oh my God. Nick Hallett again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, and, and there's a guy, you know, a little further down the depth chart, but, it, I mean, you guys talk about everybody. Well, O'Shea talks about everybody on the roster can make plays, and there's not much of a bigger time for a guy like that to make a play.
8: Man, Nick, Nick Hallett is a, is a special teams monster. If, if, if you don't know who Nick Hallett is when you're on the field for special teams, you're, you're, your special team coach is not coaching
1: I like that. Um I, I have to ask you, Adam Big Hill leaves this game with an injury. Uh it seemed quite somber on the sidelines. Uh what has Adam Big Hill been to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers?
8: Man, Adam is a is a is a true is a true leader. Is a true uh true leader, man. He he he's a he's a he's a he's the key piece to the front seven, getting us, getting us lined up, letting us know what's going on, especially during the week when we're watching film going in meetings and things like that, constantly talking, constantly asking questions, constantly putting guys in the right spot, letting guys know where they need to be, what's coming and things like that, but you know like like I said, he's a true leader. He's a true brother, true friend and and you could tell, you could tell how good he runs the def- I mean the, the linebacker room because him going down, the guy that he is, him going down and then the then the young guys stepping in, Kyrie, Malik, be cold, Shane stepping in and doing exactly what they are supposed to do when they supposed to do it, how they supposed to do it, and not and not missing the beat. Uh,
1: can I ask you to brag about defensive coordinator Richie Hall for a sec? Because the final three quarters of that game in Week 18, in this game, I I don't know I I don't know quarterback play, but I I don't know what he was looking at because you guys give him all sorts of different things to think about.
8: Man, coach Rich is 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 one in a million, man. Like you can't really you can't really duplicate it. You can't you can't really you can't really try to try to, you know what I'm saying, imitate what he's doing, man. It's, it's 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 something different, man. He's been in the game for so long, seen so many looks, had so many players come come in and out of his, you know what I'm saying, in and out of his you know, locker room and things like that for him to know the guys that he has on his on his team right now, and to put us in the right position, put us in to make key plays, big plays. It's it's a it's a true testament to him, man, and and the, and the coaching staff that we got. You know, uh, Coach James Stanley, Coach JY, uh, Coach DP. You know, you know those guys. Those guys, you know, watch so much film and put so much into the game plan. Before we, before we play these teams, we watch so much film. We talk so much about keys and tendencies and things like that, man. It, it, when it comes to the game, everything slows down. And you never want to disappoint somebody like Coach Rich because he gives you everything that he has from day one. So, you know, when it comes down to the end of the season, when it comes down to making a decision on if you're going to run through a brick wall or not, man, you, make, you, you just close your eyes and you just take off full speed.
1: How do you feel about going to a fourth straight Grey Cup?
8: Man, I'm excited, man, but you know job's not done. We when 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 we get a chance to to stand on that stage and 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 host and hold that great cup trophy, that's that's when I can tell you it's it's is all been for the good.
1: Uh, did, did you touch the Western Final Championship trophy?
8: Oh, not at all.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Is, is that intentional or you just didn't get a chance to? Nah, that's intentional. Y'all can have it if y'all want it. I I, I got space. I'm doing some renovations in my house. I got some space. Absolutely. Um, just, to, Willie, if you would, a quick thought on facing Montreal in the Great Cup.
8: I can't wait to see them, man. They had a great game against Toronto. You know, uh, defense defense played a hell of a game. Their offense did what they had to do to, you know, move the ball. I can't wait to see Cody. Can't wait to see Sean Lemon. Can't wait to see Stanback it's going to be a game
1: they had nine turnovers they forced you guys had nine sacks uh it was a heck of a day for defenses in the canadian football league willie uh thank you so much for your time and congratulations on the win
8: thank y'all so much see y'all boys in hamilton
1: come on down to hamilton a wise man might say willie jefferson nice enough to join us in the post game show 204-780-6868 is the text line our front our uh, defensive front was awesome Says the one texter. Defense would wins games. Good game overall. Miss points, but a win is a win. Grey Cup next
2: weekend. Go blue. Number five just joined us. Five straight, five straight sellouts. I mean, four for the, straight Grey Cups, but five straight sellouts for for the Blue Bombers. The crowd was awesome today. You know, the crowd it, they did their job today. It it was it was crazy. Just. Uh,
1: it, feel free to expand on that because you're like awesome is absolutely the word,
7: right?
3: Sometimes, right? I've got headphones on to hear the broadcast because heaven forbid you tossed to me and I'm not listening. That's the that's the nightmare of a sideline reporter. But sometimes like, I can hear the crowd noise loud. Sometimes in big moments I can't even hear you anymore. But I've I've started to take them off in big moments because I kind of want to just sense what it's like to be present here in this incredible environment. And there were so many moments where the defense would especially at the end of the game there I took them off for the last couple of minutes just to get the feeling of and, and it's so, so loud in this building. When the, and they the cool thing I thought was when the offense was at work, there's a couple of times where the BC sucks chant would break out and they'd stop, but they would shut up, make a, the offense would make a play loud. Lots of cheering. Shut up, and, and they just—it was this wave of big noise. Okay, we know what we have to do. Big noise. All right, offense is at work, and and this is uh again the this, these are the glory years for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and this is something if you're a fan that you should uh, you should definitely cherish this. Don't take it for granted because, and I don't have to tell Greg this because there were so many years where there wasn't there wasn't much to celebrate. Right, but. To see four straight great Cups, to be the talk of the, C- the the toast of the CFL, to be this fantastic franchise that has had so much success on the field and and with a lot of Canadian talent doing it too, it's just it is a it is an incredible run that you never know what it's going to end. So just recognize in the moment the historical perspective of, of of greatness that we're seeing.
2: Well, you had a decade where the Blue Bombers went to. I want to say it was five gray cups. They they won in 84. They won again in 88. They were they lost to Toronto at home in 87 when they were far and away the best team in the Canadian Football League in the East Final. They they lost to Toronto at home. They won again in 90 and then they went back to back in 92 and 93. And so when you're in the midst of something like that as a fan you think, "Oh, this is the way it's always what you going come to expect to be, and then little did I know that it was going to be twenty-eight year seasons, twenty-nine years of futility, and a couple of missed opportunities, in particular in two thousand one. So you know, when I talk about that historical stuff, it's about making sure you understand, or at least i I'm, I'm trying to make my kids understand, it ain't always like this. Hmm. It feels yeah. like it's the norm. But guess what? This is something incredibly special, and there's a a section, a faction of this fan base that understands that all too well, that this is incredibly special. Well, and
3: turn that on its head, right? Because look at the run Calgary had. They were 6-12 this year. They got in the playoffs because Saskatchewan stinks, but they were not good this year. Or you look at Montreal, when they had Anthony Calvillo, the expectation was to get to the Great Cup every year. They went a lot. Sure, they didn't get as many rings as you probably thought they should have, but since Calvillo left, they've done nothing and they're in the great cup for the first time without Anthony Calvillo. In when, <laughs> since when, right? When was yep. the last time a Montreal team without Calvillo would have been the 80s, I guess? But they've got Cody Fajardo there, who I have always been a bit skeptical of. The bomber defense. Seems primed to be able to make his day terrible. And I think the only way the Bombers lose that game, and I'm probably talking too soon here for Greg's Greg, liking. Greg, just
1: plug your ears because I'll, I'll drink all this in.
3: But the Bombers take care of the football like they did today. They don't turn the ball over. They're not losing to Montreal.
1: Six points allowed. To the Montreal Awets, you know, they threw t- they spotted Montreal
3: two, p- and I get that that was months ago. They spotted Montreal two touchdowns on pick sixes and beat them by 30. <laughs> right today, Mon- Montreal had less than 200 yards of offense today and won the football game going away because they kept getting short fields. But nine turnovers is absurd, and that's just not going to happen again. Winnipeg takes care of the football, and they're in control. Their defense, I think, is better than Montreal's defense. Their offense is obviously better than Montreal's
1: offense. It's not even close. Yeah, the defense. Yeah, the defense. The Bombers. Montreal's defense is good. The Bombers' defense. The, anything that the Montreal does, the Bombers do better. Is definitely. kind of the way we'll approach this game as we talk to it. But on any they,
3: given Sunday, I'll,
1: this you could have nine turnovers and things could go super sideways. Chad Kelly sucked too. In in this game, um, they get the Winnipeg gets. Uh, pardon me. Winnipeg gives up the late touchdown at the half, and it's eighteen ten to half. And they choose to kick off to start the third quarter. Mm. You go, Oh, okay, well, that's an interesting choice. You must feel something about the wind. What if BC scores here? As a bomber fan, I'm thinking, what if BC scores here? Jackson Jeff Coates, sack. Mm. Willie Jefferson sack strip, Vernon recovers. Sack sack, you're done. This drives over. At that point, my stomach went, Oh, okay, no, that's fine. That's that's just fine.
3: Well, and how about the defense late in the first half? BC gets the conversion on the fake punt. Yep. That was, you know, a bullet you can only fire once. Yep. And they got off the field on the very next set of plays. Right?
2: Yeah, even, they didn't get another
3: first down on that drive even,
2: even the missed field goal uh, where BC gives up the single point. Mm-hmm. You're looking at you go. going, oh boy, that's a missed opportunity. But then... Five plays later, the bombers are in the end zone with the block punt yep. for the touchdown. So you're going. Even that mistake didn't necessarily cost you in the end. The the one that would have been the one that really just about hail Mary that, was that play on 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 second down that cost them the loss of down. Oh yeah, time count. when the time count violation. You're not supposed to do that ever mm. at home, and the bombers did that. And I can only imagine how for 16 seconds angry left, Zach Clarios was.
1: Oh, I can only imagine when someone brings it up on the coaches show on Monday, uh, Mike <laughs> O'Shea will, well, we can't have that stuff happen. It's, yeah. uh, it is that, yeah, that, that led to their only touchdown. This game should this, not have been close. It, it's no. incredible Still how much they 11. neutered a great offense. Yeah. It, uh, just let me pull this up here. Uh, but um bump, 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 uh, third in scoring third in uh, net yards, third in passing number one in overall passing yards, but per play number three, Turnovers were, were what kind of clubbed BC during this season. And penalties, uh, GMAC, as you mentioned a couple of times, don't help. That's a good offensive team that just got absolutely nothing. And as I watched that Western semifinal, I thought, oh, man, this uh, Broxton on the one side at tackle and Kent Perkins on the other side. Those guys are incredibly gettable.
3: They beat a 6-12 and 12 team.
1: Yeah. The Let's BC also remember that. Week. And I just watched this and went, oh, these tackles are gettable. And I talked to Willie about it. Willie kind of gave me this football, I don't know, 401 that I could not possibly understand how he was talking about angles and and stopping power to speed. I'm like, I don't know what you mean. But it's very clear that uh, I took from it that Willie kind of agreed with me that these tackles were gettable. And, man, they were gettable. The interior was gettable. Mizell, not a great pass blocker. Vernon, I don't know that anybody was open. I'd love to see the all-24 to go, He's in the pocket a while, and he can't. But then he had nowhere to scramble, right, which might be the best testament. One carry for six yards for Vernon Adams, apart from the one quarterback sneak for one yard. It it didn't look like he was looking to run. Yeah, just a a masterful performance from his defense. I'm glad Willie went with me and gave credit to Richie Hall because – Man, the things he did, and then had to do when Big Hill went out, were amazing in this game. Drive of the game brought to you by Chuds Chrysler and Power Sports. Take the relaxing drive out to Gimli to make your next automotive or power sports purchase. It will be a game changer. You could say ten plays, seventy yards, opening touchdown because uh, that was the Bombers' only offensive touchdown of the game.
3: And they never trailed
1: after that. That is that is a hundred percent true. Um, if you want to say the little mini drive. Nick Hallett coming free <laughs> off the edge. And what do you guys remember, was the Tanner Cadwallader blocked punt that turned a foul? Was that early this year or was that, that was last year? It was this year. year? Was this was year. This year. Yep. And uh, you're like, oh, blocking the punt isn't the same as it used to no. be.
3: Uh, it was and, different, though.
1: Yeah, but Nick Hallett blocked. And Nick's a guy, hey, we need you in spot duty because Brandon's taking the day off. Cool, I got you. Uh, we, need you we need you to go in because uh, Dietrich got hurt and Brandon's going to slide down. Cool, I got you. I love seeing a guy like Nick Hallett make a play just because you heard the two defensive guys talk about it, how hard that guy works all the time hard and to get work. the glory and almost and if he almost had the sideline interview in which he, <laughs> in which he would have been su- he would have been super self-effacing and not given himself any credit for no. it because yeah. Nick's a very humble guy, but that's a, in a, in a game this tight, that's a massive play.
2: Hard work, athleticism, and just that that whole idea of learning from your mentors and those that are in the dressing room with you. You just you—you you hear Willie Jefferson, you, you heard Jackson Jeffcoat. If you don't understand, if you don't know who Nick Hallett is, basically that's your fault. You're not paying attention. And there are guys on football teams that some players, you are on a team with them, they have no idea who you are. That, that is still that is still a fact <laughs> in a professional locker room. And for for Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson to both say what they did about Nick Hallett says a lot about that young man's character. And the things it does
1: within your roster, right, when you look at this, they essentially carry six defensive backs. Kerfala Exume can, can go in there and do some stuff. But they carry six defensive backs. They don't take a roster spot today for Winston Rose because they go, you know what, we trust Nick Hallett enough Uh-oh. to be that safety BA can move wherever to fill in and they go, they can go with six defensive backs and feel confident because they like Nick Hallett, a guy who was not super high in the draft and yet they get value out of some lower draft picks, uh, great value, mostly special teams, but they get great value from guys. They got lower in the draft.
2: How about Jamal Parker? That play that he made when he was sort of beat mm. in uh, I want to say it was in the first, quarter no it would have been in the second quarter yeah it was the deep pass and he is the one that ends up getting yeah. his hand on the ball not almost. a
3: perfect throw by adam i think that's when he was hurt and he was kind of not stepping into throws okay he was just arming them but but the receiver was wide open and it was a great recovery. oh my
1: gosh like and 10 the, yards
2: open yeah. yeah and parker closed the gap and on, he actually, i'm not sure that was his coverage either like that might have just been him reacting might have been but the, you know the fact that Richie Hall had enough confidence in him to make that switch, I just think is just it's it's huge because it, it I raised an eyebrow when I read yesterday that Winston Rose was was not going to be starting today. A veteran in Winston yeah, Rose of yeah. multiple
1: teams and playoffs and yeah. impressive from Parker and Holm and Demario Houston could not have been better timed. Retta Cramdy with a sack, uh Brian Cole, Malik Clements just on and on and well, on
3: how many times have we seen bc burn teams including winnipeg on deep touchdowns right? right big hitters and except for that hail mary they didn't have any nothing
1: today. and it, i mean they lost key on hatcher that guy's that awesome. sucked
3: for them that they really have hurt them.
1: multiple weapons like they could they could go to lucky whitehead which was a boon to them but
3: hatcher's but, their guy is va's guy number one guy i think
1: first team all-star it, it would have been dominic Rhymes last year he's been really nicked up this yeah. year but Rhymes, stud Javon Katoy had a massive touchdown, like a massive long touchdown. Was it a seventy-yarder, so. sixty-five yarder in Week 18 game? Did we say Javon Katoy's name? I think he had five yards today. It was, or,
2: or did he have? Did he have one target?
1: It was a shutdown performance. Alexander Hollins, a couple catches early, two for forty-one. Nothing after that. Rhymes one for five. Oh,
3: Katoy one car- target, no catches. Yeah,
1: Patrice Renee outreceived both Dominic Rhymes and Javon Katoy oh, with the with the, the throw from Stefan Flintoff.
2: When we we're listing when we we're listing BC's receivers, Justin McInnes' name didn't even come up. When we were talking about them on the podcast the no, other day, he's number five, right? He's their number five. He might receiver. be six. He might be six. Lucky Whitehead.
1: Yeah. Well, they benched Whitehead to get him in there, even though they didn't have to do it ratio wise. Um, McKinnis. I mean, for him, that's an amazing season. And, sure. and congrats to him because uh, it was three challenging years in Sask for him but uh, he, he earned his place at the table uh, in this game with four for 110 and the touchdown. Drive of the game is brought to you by Chuds Chrysler and power Sports. Take the relaxing drive out to Gimli to make your next automotive or power sports purchase. It will be a game changer. It's 922. We will break. Please do send us your text at 204-780-6868. The sounds of the game are next. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680. CJOB.
0: Welcome to the city's biggest conversation.
7: How do you plan for that in this sort of, like, tumultuous time? As a
2: result, you have something very public and, there I suggest, very ugly happening. And then there's a, a word that has extreme legal ramifications that I'm tempted to use, but I won't. What else can I say? I don't get it. There's not one perfect solution to this. I would argue the
0: city has been slow to do anything about it. We need more of that in our community, in my opinion. You're listening to 680 CJOB, Winnipeg's News, Today's Talk. You know that capable person who knows the right way to do stuff, has the right tools for every job, and is willing to lend them to you? That's who Princess Auto proudly calls a customer. That handy neighbor who jumps in whenever anyone's moving, building, or fixing something? Yep, that's a Princess Auto customer. That expert who's always taking something apart or powering something up? Yep, Princess Auto customer. Thanks for being a customer. Princess Auto. Blue Bomber football. Ideas,
7: tools.
6: Everybody's doing it, doing it, doing it. coming
7: from far and near. JS Furniture on 1725 Ellis Avenue knows you want your Black Friday early. So they're bringing you the pre-Black Friday blowout sale. You'll find savings throughout the store of up to 65% off. Plus, there's tons of inventory to choose from. JS Furniture, 1725 Ellis Avenue and online at furnitureandmore.ca. Everybody's doing
0: it, doing it, doing it.
7: More than ever, families are taking the time to discuss their final arrangements, and your parents' wishes may surprise you. By having that conversation today, you can be better prepared for the future. Ask Desjardins Funeral Home's dedicated professionals for a free step-by-step guidebook and a personal consultation by phone, online, or in person with safety measures in place. A message from Desjardins Funeral Home. Visit them at Desjardins Funeralchapel.ca. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football
0: on 680 CJOB. The post-game show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence.
1: Lions in their gray jerseys, off-white, whatever it might be, black pants and a black helmets as well. Wherever you are listening, you're in Winnipeg, you're in the province of Manitoba, you're listening from Frankfurt, Germany perhaps, And to our friends on QR in Calgary, thank you so much for being with us for the CFL's Western Final. It's the Bombers and Lions. And a trip to the Grey Cup will be decided 60 game minutes from now. The opening kickoff from Sergio Castillo brought to you by Harvest Honda. And we're underway, this one high, forces Terry Williams to run, and it'll bounce backwards away, scooped up at the 30, 35. Another player on the return team, David Mackey had to scoop it up behind him. He gets just shy of the 40, and that is where the Lions' offense will come out first and 10. Vernon Adams, they drop play to Oliveira, trying to cut back instead of five. Oliveira's gonna push, they're gonna shove him toward the end zone. Where will he get wrestled down? Zach wants the touchdown. And it is a touchdown! Olivero was hit up four yards short. Five Hoggies drove him into the end zone. And the Bombers lead it 6-3. to Grant fourth in the league in punt return average this season. The one touchdown. The CFL Play of the Year. Blocked! Blocked! Blocked and the Bombers have it inside the 15. They scoop it up and they're down inside the five. Still pushing to the end zone! for the touchdown! Nick Hallett! Nick Hallett with the score! And the Bombers lead it 14 to three. Hallett busted through, he obliterated Stefan Flintoff. And the Bombers with the lead. I need to see that again, because you can't hit the punter under any circumstances and I hope it stands. After automatic review, the rolling on the field stands. We have a touchdown. Touchdown, Bombers. They lead it 14 to three. Lions with the Bombers 53-yard line. Four-man rush, very conservative rush. Adams has nowhere to go, and he runs right into Malik Clements for the sack. Adams had no idea what he was looking at. Clements on a delayed rush for the sack, and it'll be third down. First down, Adams, pressure immediately, it's a screen pass to Mizell. Brian Cole aided hole for a two-yard loss. Cedric Hansen off the left edge. Here they come, three-man rush. Adams rolls out to his right with six blockers. And he's going to fire this one up into the air. A massive bodies into the end zone for Rhymes. And a touchdown. It's caught for the touchdown. It bounced into Justin McKiss's hands. Oh, my goodness. Rhymes was the designated target. It bounced to McKinnis, and it's 18 to 9 on a miracle play by the Lions. Five man rush. Kalars has a ton of time. Steps out to his left, throws it for Lawler to the sideline and it's caught at the Lions 46 yard line. Kenny Lawler sliding catch and a Blue Bombers first down. Five man rush. Kalars standing in there looping it up for Lawler leaping and he had his hands on it. Was he able to They're stay inbound? what a catch the officials are discussing and they'll call it a catch kenny lawler unbelievable grab bombers holding an eight point lead tight end and fullback to the right hand side fake it to oliveira they want kenny lawler one-on-one with mike jones Shut ball and mike jones does a nice job to knock that one away incomplete crowd wants a pass interference call it would be the third time that they've wanted a flag on a kenny lawler target and the replay would seem to indicate that. That challenge flag out from Coach O'Shea. Oh yeah, Jones is into his chest and never looks back at the ball.
0: To review by the command center. We have pass interference, BC number
1: nine. Ball placed at the 25 yard line. Automatic, first down. Jamison Sheehan will pin it on the right hash mark at the 35 yard line. Snap, good, kick, up. Right down the middle. With 3.10 remaining in the Western Final, Winnipeg 24 and BC 13. A stop here basically ends the game. Adams is going to hum this one up for Rhymes, who just runs into a Parker, picked up! Home is racing back the other way, 50, 40, 30, 20, score young man, score! and Adams will drag him down unless he laterals it. He just actually threw it up in the air as the whistle had blown. But Evan Holm with the interception, and it's Bombers ball, and they're going back to the Grey Cup. Zach Kolaris kneels down, has a celebratory headbutt with Brady Oliveira. Kolaris pumps the ball into the stands. As for the first time since 1982, a team is going to a fourth straight Grey Cup. They sacked Vernon Adams nine times, held BC to four of seventeen on second down conversions, and a dominant performance puts them back in the Grey Cup. Sounds of the game, a Braden Owasco production. Back to the Grey Cup. We can. Can the three of us just say back to the Grey Cup? Mackling, you're the biggest uh,
3: superstitious. Yeah,
1: that I know. Can I say back to the Grey Cup for a fourth straight time, or? Are you in the one? uh, Come on. Yeah. It's just one. No, it's four in a row.
2: It's four in a row. Because
1: everybody knows what you're about. You won 15 games last year, 14 games, the games at your house. Oh, man, we saw it. We walked into your house in week three and beat you 30 to six. Like, they are coming for you. And they win. Again, I feel like it's hard to win the first one, but it's probably hard to win the second one and the third one and the fourth one. And to
2: go keep going back because every game's a measuring stick. Right? You're the you are the measuring stick mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. So it's not just playoff games. We talk about Labor Day and how that's, you know, Saskatchewan's Grey Cup in years when they don't go to the playoffs like this. And that's year. two
3: straight years where they've won Labor Day and not
2: again. Wait, Saskatchewan
1: didn't go to the playoffs? Is that is that confirmed? They
2: missed the playoffs.
1: Did they throw up on their own shoes again seven straight times to not go to the playoffs? They did it. Oh, okay. Just Oops, confirming. They did it I again. even forgot
3: to mention in one of my sportscasts this week that they had uh, zero All-Star selections.
2: Oh, that's right. Oh, man. <laughs> I
3: had the Elks at zero. I named every other team, and I forgot to put the Riders in there.
2: Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so the the point is this for, for you know, 2021, 2022, 2023. For every other team, any game that you beat Winnipeg is a big deal, uh-huh. and it's in the regular season, so you got to bring it. So for you to win fourteen games this year, to win fifteen last year, you're at the you're at the top of the heap. Everybody wants to beat you, yeah, and measure themselves against you, and to continually do what they're doing. Well, because here's the thing: um Toronto was
1: had the most dominant record this season, sixteen and two
3: haven't played a relevant game since mid September.
1: Right, because How much they they ran away with it and they they were too
3: good for their own good.
1: They tripped on their own feet today and that's yeah. something that when the Bombers when the Bombers had their worst game, they were still so much better than Sask in 2021 that six turnovers to one or whatever the whatever it was in the end there. Yeah, they still won that game. Like yeah. it, it's they're that good and this year I don't know if they're 2021 good but uh in the, in the most critical game, they didn't make the mistakes. And they were, oh, man, I just, like, the offense, again, pregame show, they can win games with the pass game, the run game, and the defense, special and special teams. Well, it wasn't special teams today because Sergio left five points on the board. Uh, it wasn't the passing offense because Kolaris was in the 100s for passing. The running offense, okay. Uh, for o- a half. Over 100 for Brady, but it was, you're right, the tap was turned off. This was this was a defensive win, and this is a team that could put up 400 yards passing in the game or score the five highest scoring games in the CFL this year. They turned BC away, and I just, I, I'm texting it to Doug Brown, who just landed in San Salvador, and he's, he, they what? He can't believe nine sacks of Vernon Adams, because I don't, I don't know that anybody,
2: I don't know that it makes any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense, but. Uh, somebody had to step up one aspect of the game. You talked about it in the pregame show and it's the defense that, that just did what they've done multiple times over the last three or four years. And I'm going to go back. You know, you talk, are they 2021 good? Yeah. In terms of defense, probably not. In terms, what, what did they go? 11 games where they didn't give up a touchdown in the fourth quarter No, that no one could do anything against something, them in the fourth quarter. Like, something oh, ludicrous like that? Th- that was such easy money betting in that 2019. Season. 21. 2021. Season. Oh, man, it's amazing. But they've done similar things this year at different times. And they've, and they've done it. They've done it with different personnel, which I think is makes it even more impressive the way they've gone about it. I, I, can I just tell you what a big fan I am of Evan Holm? Like the way that young man is rounded out and, and come into his own. Like you talk about an athlete and someone who clearly loves to play football on a team full of superstar defensive players. You know, we were wondering if he was going to make the all-star team. He did. He made the West all-star team. That and yet another guy something.
3: that doesn't like to really talk about himself. No,
2: not at all. But you
1: you see in games like this when, okay, we're going to try you with Justin McInnes on this outbreaking route, who's got you by seven inches. And home is right there in phase with him. He, when O'Shea early on said, I think he might have, he said he's got the best feet of any defensive back I've, I've seen. You go, are you, wait, really? Because you've seen a lot of defensive backs.
2: Think about who Michael Chase played with over the years, and and, and he's not one for ten hy- years, and he's
1: not one for hyperbole. No, he's not. Yeah, and you go, oh, okay, and you would see it, and he was number two on the team in knockdowns, number and, two on the team in tackles, because guys thought they could get there. And he said, "I wish I turned more of them into interceptions." Well, interception today when uh, Dominic Crimes just ran over Jamal Parker and knockdowns, and oh, I have to jump ball with you. Cool. Boop. And I want that. Honestly, I, I want that guy somehow to, to have him to join my over 50 pickup <laughs> basketball team.
2: because He's, the guy's he's got hops, likes. man. He's, oh, he's got hops.
1: Fantastic. Uh, let's do the hardest hit of the game. Brought to you by Vernas Auto Body for collision repairs. No one takes the ball with it and runs with it like Vernas Auto Body. Brayden, what do you got? First down, Adams pressure immediately. It's a screen pass to Mizell. Brian Cole ate it whole for a two-yard loss. That play had potential. The bombers brought pressure. The lions had a good counter for it, but just an, an
4: amazing tackle by Brian Cole there.
1: God, I got good. Good rhymes. line. <laughs> just you—you know—you're just saying words, and all of a sudden, now it rhymed. But Cole ate that up, and Kyrie Wilson is a screen killer. He ate that up. Like they—they they tried, right? Oh, okay, you're going to get to the quarterback. Let's run a little. Let's let run a little screen pass. Screen pass against a three-man rush. There's nine guys to tackle, and Brian Cole uh, was there. This wasn't the hardest hitting game. Like Brady dishing out shots, the guys might have been as tough as it got. But I don't know if BC completed enough passes for either team did hard hits or what it was. But yeah, like uh, Lawler slamming to the ground might have been the hardest <laughs> hit, or Patrice Renee shoving a guy after he made the catch. Like it
3: or wasn't even Cam Lawson and Vernon Adams after the. D- Mario Houston pick where Adams is kind of grabbing Lawson's face mask as they go to the ground and right. then he someone I can't remember which receiver came over and shoved Lawson but
2: maybe it was on that interception Kyrie Wilson uh, you know we don't usually pick the other guy but when B.C. Oh yeah,
3: Rhymes ripped his helmet ripped off.
2: His helmet oh, off. That, 19 on nineteen crime. That's yeah. right,
3: yeah. Nineteen on yeah.
1: nineteen crime. <laughs> yeah. at, at least Vernon didn't take Lawson's helmet off and try to hit him with it, because that would have been oh, that have been a little too much from wow. five years ago. Wow, good callback, DT. Well, uh, that was one of those ones of like I'm watching this from my job in Toronto, going. That, that guy's not thrown out of the game.
2: That guy he wasn't hit. suspended after that.
1: He hit Big Hill with his own helmet and he's not out of the game. Did he just give it a crime? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, incredible. A hardest hit of the game is brought to you by Vernas Auto Body. For collision repairs, no one takes the ball and runs with it like Vernas Auto Body. The text are saying, I don't think we missed Winston Rose in the secondary today. Parker nope. took his spot and played well. Yeah. I thought Rhymes for BC was not very good. Katoy had a catch for all of five yards. Rhymes has been banged up this season. Uh, He has not been able to show the dominant uh, deep ball and and receiver uh, that he is. He and Rourke last year were scary together when they were both on. Yeah, Yeah, crazy. Uh, but, uh, But also, we're going to the Cup this year. I tell my boys, they don't know what they have in a team that is becoming a dynasty. I watched it with them tonight, and this is all they know. I watched a lot of years with teams that just couldn't get it done, and this team continues to be a winner. I am very grateful tonight to be a part of this era of Bomber history. We, we talked about it. I, I brought it up in the pregame show. Uh, a lot of people are picking BC and, and are rooting for Vernon Adams to be the next greatest thing in the Canadian Football League, and wow, this is going to be unbelievable. And I don't, as the voice of the Bombers, I don't want to be defensive or feel like I'm being defensive about it But I just people are tired of the Bombers being great. That happens in every sport. It it totally does. It happened to the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. New England Patriots,
3: New York Yankees, sports littered with examples of of the same teams. And that gives you a Tiger Woods, a target to to root against because they are great
1: and you love to hate them. But you can't help but respect them because guess what? They keep winning. But it makes me feel like, am I missing something that people are like, well, uh, Gino Lewis, the Elks receiver, is on Twitter saying, BC by blah, 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 is going to win this game. And I go, what am I missing something? Picking with something? heart instead of head? I, I just, I don't know. He picked Toronto to beat Montreal by a point, so he, oh. he wasn't going for his old team. But I, I just look at that and go, am I? what am I missing? Because Winnipeg is, I mean, number one scoring offense, number one scoring defense. BC struggled down the stretch. Why are people thinking? And then, then this happens and you go, oh, okay, no, no, I was, I, was, I was okay with where I was. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy I told all my friends to wager the way they wagered.
2: If there was going to be an upset, this game was the one where there was going to be an upset. The other one should have been was gonna be an absolute mauling. The right? Argos were gonna maul. So if you're looking for an upset special, today was the one to call B C over Winnipeg in Winnipeg. Well, was it
3: four and a half points? Five and a half points? Right. We got
2: it to five and a half okay. by kickoff so that a, I saw. In my mind it's that's a and two and a half. half. That's two mm-hmm. and a half, right? Because you, you should get three points for just for being at home. I know that's not necessarily like the rule in it's Canada, na- Canada. It's but now one and a half or
1: two, but yeah, it's but it was a shorter line than we'd seen in past games against B C this
2: year. And so when you look at that, I think that's why. You know, people want to call the upset. You want to be the guy that that calls the upset. And, you know, 68% in terms of the home team winning in the final – well, that still means 32% of the time the road team wins. So it, it does happen.
3: If you're bold enough to take the Montreal money line
1: today, then you're, you're having oh, a good time.
2: Can you imagine Happy that? birthday
1: to you because that Indeed. had to get out to – It's ten and a half half
2: point spread.
1: Yeah, that had to get out wow. to plus 650 or something nuts like that. That's, yeah, but you'd
2: have to be crazy to – to put any money down on it well, yeah think about
1: what had to happen right we were we were in here watching and bob's bob irving is like oh, it's only two scores now i'm a little scared they turned the ball over seven times by that point and they, we were still well, wondering is toronto gonna make this come well, like, i got they were within two scores i, I got here
3: i got here at halftime of that game and i hadn't watched any of the first half because i was driving i saw it was 10-3 and i'm like oh okay and then I got in here, and people told me what had happened. And then you see it—oh, it's another turn and another one, and another one. But you never felt it was over because Montreal's offense wasn't really doing a whole lot. But they just kept giving it away. And then there was a kickoff return touchdown right after Toronto. Yep. They thought they got back in the game to cut it to fourteen, and boom—it's now a twenty-one again. And just everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong in Chad Kelly's first career playoff start. Right? The mop. The mop was brutal today, oh, and, he, and he just looked shell-shocked for much of that game. We have now in this Grey Cup, Zach Kalaris, who needs no introduction. His playoff numbers sure have generally been lower. The passing numbers are, have been pretty low in his in his playoff career, but that's usually because, guess what, you've got Andrew Harris running for 100-something and something yards or Brady Oliveira running for 100-something yards because in November in Canada, that's a pretty good way to do it. And now we've got Cody Fajardo on the other side. Who was okay today and
1: has well, I feel well, like he is the
3: definition of okay as a quarterback in the CFL.
1: For 175, so that is seven yards an attempt, one touchdown, and one pick. They had no run game, so that's no, that's entirely forcing to William Standback and Jeshran Antwi 12 carries for 31 yards. Fajardo scrambled for 38, that's yep. something he'll be able to do till the day he dies. Uh, but they have no offense at all, nine turnovers. Special well, teams touchdown. The crazy thing Dequa, of 100 plus yard interception yeah. return for a score.
3: The, the crazy stat of their 11 and 0 this year against the teams below them and 0 and 7 against the teams above them yep. was just wild. So we're either going to have the Bombers winning their third and four years and everyone be like, of course, they beat Montreal or
2: one of the biggest upsets. Of one of
3: time. the wildest, like no one saw this team coming. Great cup titles ever yep. for a team that going into this season had all the the ownership issues that oh, they had gosh. Yeah. People thought they'd win maybe four games because they couldn't sign anybody because they had ownership issues, and here they are in the Grey Cup game.
1: I thought they had the worst roster to CFL heading into the season. Oh, you- Austin Mack busts onto the scene, and you go, yeah, that's okay, huge. that's something, but stand back in the run game were not anything for them. Fajardo finished with 17 touchdowns and 15
2: picks, something like that, like a, a plus two. Their
3: defense is, has been Great. the reason. Agreed. And yep. it obviously was today. but
2: Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans. For the next eight days, are going to be thinking about two thousand one. Mm-hmm. The eight and ten Calgary Stampeders beat the fourteen and four Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Montreal in that Grey Cup. And as you mentioned, any given Sunday—that's what we love about football. That's why we watch the games. That's why you play the games. Is because, you know, of all the sports where you think you can get it all figured out, this is the one game where four or five plays out of the 140 or 150 135 whatever you might see on a given day four or five plays as we saw today one play just about turned the entire thing around and that's that's what's so great about the game of football just I, I just went
1: back into this uh 2016 Calgary was a nine and a half point favorite over the Ottawa Redblacks Ottawa wins that game in overtime. That was a weird weather game, weather, right? Weather, yeah. Weather game. Lots of that stuff. Would, that was uh, 16. 16 was indoors. S- uh, 18 was a weird weather game. Okay, yeah, yeah. 15 was cold oh, against Edmonton. Me. Right, okay. yeah. Uh, 16 would, would have been indoors. 17, Calgary. Calgary, Toronto was weird weather in Ottawa. Calgary uh, blew that game.
2: 16 wasn't at BMO?
1: 16, I think, it was at 6. No, uh, but a bump, 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 bump do oh gosh i'm picking. 15
2: was here right 15 was
3: here
1: yeah
2: i want to say 16 wasn't oh, that thought, bmo i thought team was in
1: what vancouver we we'll have to uh we'll have to take a look at that we'll have to figure that out. it just says neutral here calgary was a seven point favorite in 2017 toronto wins that with two 100 yard touchdowns in bad weather uh but we did get shania twain so that was super awesome bombers were a six and a half point favorite last year we know what happened there uh Long favorites, uh, taking it in the chops in the Grey Cup as of late. But uh, the Bombers will be a massive favorite. Again, six points allowed to Montreal's offense in 120 minutes of play. But it might be a different class of uh, Montreal defense that the Bombers see next Sunday in Canada's most beautiful city, Hamilton.
2: You ever been so excited to go to Hamilton DT?
1: No, I've never been excited. Period. To go to Doug Brown and I stay at a hotel in Toronto now, so we don't have to go to Hamilton and go. What is this weird? What is this weird
2: smell? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a it's a great stadium. It's a great oh, environment. Yeah, the, where great that's, fans. Fans are fabulous. Uh, where that stadium is is so reminiscent of old Taylor Field. But, but for me, because I'm a baseball guy too, that's sort of the Wrigley Field thing in the middle of a residential neighborhood. It, it's a really neat spot. And from what we can understand, there are still tickets available. So if you can get yourself to Hamilton, uh, you might have a heck of a time because they want to make up for what didn't happen in hamilton in 2021 that's why they're having it again so so soon is because they were unable to put on the celebration that they had planned for 2021 because of covid
1: 16 was at BMO field in toronto good call uh i remember
3: that being icy or
1: something i just remember ernest jackson almost had his first drop of the season because i charted all his plays mm-hmm. he never had a single drop really he bobbled one and he ended up catching it for the touchdown he go damn you ernest jackson you're good you're good. Uh, 17. Ottawa. It started snowing partway through, and two 100-yard touchdowns, including Devere Posey burning Tommy Campbell, and then uh, uh, Mark McDaniel bum, threw Kamar Jordan under the bus after that one. Right. 18 was Edmonton. That field was atrocious for Calgary's win over Ottawa. They covered it or didn't cover it. It was just
2: ice. I think. Did they? Switch, that was the ice one, right? Did they? Yeah. They switch it to uh, artificial turf already, or is that what? Uh, oh no, it the was change? it was turf. They just hadn't taken. Whatever they'd
1: done, it was just absolutely the wrong thing. And guys on their waggle were just as slow as could be because they knew they would have zero footing. They couldn't get their
2: hands on any broomball
1: shoes. There you go. Eight degrees, the current forecast for Hamilton on Sunday. And uh, the Bombers have an extra day to rest in advance of the Grey Cup when they will take on the Montreal Alouettes. It is 9.48. We will wrap and we'll set you up for what uh, we've got coming the next week in our Grey Cup coverage, both on the start and... Sports and man, more Grey Cup action and hopefully a third championship for these Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football at six eighty. C J O B. The news. One wonders if there's a whole lot of progress being made, and I think part of the frustration I share with you is that there are a lot of people in power that make a lot of promises. But don't
0: fulfill those promises. And I think that's my frustration at my point in my career is that you can kind of see the solutions out there, but for whatever reason, there doesn't seem to be the political will. The News, weekdays from 3 to 6. When your truck breaks down, do you take it to just any shop or do you take it to the best shop in town? So when it comes to your... (coughs) Why wouldn't you go to the top-rated guy? Go see Dr. J, one of the top-rated doctors on Raid MD. So if your ah! needs help rising to the occasion, bring him to one of the best.
7: Dr. J of Fe Clinic offers new and innovative treatment options for erectile dysfunction. Book your confidential visit at Clinic.com. For the big jobs, like cleaning mud off your loader or backhoe, you need a hot sea pressure washer. Oh yeah, that's working perfectly. Hotzy Central has been helping businesses across Manitoba lease or buy the heavy-duty industrial pressure washers they need to get the job done. With in-house and mobile service, a full line of detergents, and tons of accessories. Plus, no job is too big for their turnkey trailer units. Hotzy Central on Spears Road. Online at HotzyManitoba.com. Take a journey back in time to Dreamland
0: Diner. Experience the 50s retro vibe in a menu featuring Winnipeg's best milkshakes, plus burgers, hot dogs, desserts, and a few plant-based and gluten-free options. Right now, buy one milkshake and get the second for half the price. It's the perfect place to take the kids or even go for a dessert date. Dreamland Diner, get back to the good times. 2615 Portage Avenue or visit dreamlanddiner.com. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The post-game show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence.
1: Final score of the Western Final, Winnipeg 24, BC 13. 11-point victory for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Back to the Grey Cup for the fourth straight year. Nine sacks making the difference in this one. Bill has been listening in Temecula, California. Bill. Thank you so much for being with us. He says, "Put the hammer down in Hamilton." Uh-huh. I like that. I like that. Let's uh, let's go with that. Uh, Chris, thank you for your praise. That's very nice of you. Great game. He says, "D and special teams picked up the slack for the offense." Uh, my question is: Do players get bonuses for playing in Grey Cup and for winning the Grey Cup? Yes, they do. Uh, a team gets a certain amount of money. I don't have the numbers with me in the CBA, but if you finish first, you get money because you're playing in the West semifinal or West final. And the the team that wins the Grey Cup gets two x, and then the team that plays in the Grey Cup loses it gets it's like sixteen and thirty two thousand dollars for lo- for losing and winning the Grey Cup numbers around there. So there's there's significant money yeah. for folks like uh, well Marky Thambles who just happened to oh. come around. <laughs> to Hello Marky,
2: you can have some playoff money, uh, guys. It's uh, well, for, how about for the guys making league minimum, DT, like to get a winner share of the Grey Cup? It's it's huge. It's huge. Enormous. Plus, you get that fat ring as well. Mm. And if you are
1: a guy like... uh, We didn't talk a ton about this. Um, Rashid Bailey and Nick Dembski. Nick Dembski was not going to play in this game. And then Zach said, woke up this morning, and Nick's like, I think I'm going to give it a try.
3: If it was August 10th, they wouldn't have played. Or at least (laughs) Dembski wouldn't have played.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No. No way. And... Dembski was running around there. They almost had him in the end zone. Like
3: He was wearing snow pants on the sideline. Brad Foddy had to help him get him off. <laughs> Bailey, for a lot of the first half, was using a, an actual softball, like a slow-pitch ball. To He was lying on his front and just kind of rolling out his right quad. And I saw him in warm-ups, too, kind of like punching it. Oh, so yeah, yeah, Trying to like get it going. I didn't see that in the second half. But I, I guess there was there was some time where he was just trying to activate uh, and he didn't. I don't think he missed it down.
1: So no, and I mean, uh, Dembski, they would sub him out. They put Johnny Augustine in and his packages were where Nick would be the running back with Brady split out wide. They put Johnny in there. I We would just presume to save Dembski some reps. And because I guess
3: McRae probably wasn't well enough either.
1: McRae, I don't think because we've
3: seen him in that role, too.
1: Yeah, I I just haven't I didn't see McCray on the field today. No, I didn't either. He was a game time decision, and I didn't see him. But he
3: was he was active.
1: Yeah, he, like on the sideline and stuff.
3: No, like but I mean like he he
2: was eligible to play. Yeah,
3: I mean he yeah. was on the active roster. I feel right? it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
2: I suspect we would have seen a lot of that Augustine in the split back or in the running back position, and maybe Brady in in Nick's spot had Nick not been able to go. Is that something? Oh, is that no. something
1: you do? No, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think Brady could be a slot back. Like Brady's a running back, right? He's he's. A, so you put them both in the backfield? Oh yeah, you could do that. Yeah, you could do. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Now I, now I'm caught up. I was. <laughs> I'm a little slow to the finish line there, but that's now, all right,
2: DT. Now I'm. We'll get up. on the same page between now and
1: Sunday. Steve and Christy dropping it in on us sixteen thousand dollars if you're the losing team in the Grey Cup. Thirty two so if, you, play if Cup, you win twenty three thousand. Oh, twenty three. Oh. Okay, if you win. So congr- thank you, Stephen, for that. I appreciate you. So not
3: that much more if you
1: win. No, but that's uh, that's still pretty good because that goes well, can go Can you
2: lend me seven k?
3: <laughs> I can't le- lend you seven dollars, man. I got some celery here. That's all wow. I got. Yes,
1: it's well. a negative calorie food right there. <laughs> Uh, plus uh, they get a, they get a check for being in the Western Final, and, and so uh, it's pretty nice money for the playoffs. And like you say, for a guy pulling in league minimum of seventy k, going to the Grey Cup is doubly delicious.
2: And how big of a negotiation advantage is that for the Blue Bombers as well, right? When they're going out to get guys that are trying to decide, am I going here for ten grand extra? Or there for ten grand extra, or I can go to Winnipeg for ten grand less. But I, ultimately, I might end up making thirty-five or forty thousand dollars more. Rashid Bailey, for example. Hello, Rashid Bailey, betting winning. on himself again and betting on his teammates,
1: right? Yeah. So all the free agents that may be listening, Dalton Show. come
2: on down to Winnipeg.
1: Brady Oliveira, where else would you rather be? Yeah. Than in Winnipeg, chasing a fifth straight trip to the Grey Cup next season. Ah, huh? why not? Why not come back? Um, a couple minutes left. Early thoughts on uh, Winnipeg versus Montreal in the Grey Cup. GMAC.
2: I love the history of the fact that this is a league that's going to hand out the Grey Cup for 110th time, and these two teams have never faced one another in this game before it seems almost impossible in a nine team league that we are in that circumstance, but here we are. So I love the history of it. I love the fact that Montreal is this underdog. It's going to give, you know, give us lots to talk about and it'll be uh, lots of excuses to just talk about and think about some of the greatest upsets of all time. Not because we want to see one, but because uh, we want to remind ourselves that, that they do happen. God, you're such a worrywart. It's incredible. I love it. I love it. You just have to feel like,
1: hey, they beat them forty-seven to seventeen last time. That part's not going to even seep into your head, is it?
2: No, it's not. Right. Like I said, I lived through the two thousand and one Grey Cup, and uh, those that lived through it with me know exactly what I'm talking about and how it feel, how it felt, and why it was so, so wrong. You're like a like a grandparent in the '70s when <laughs> <laughs> grandma's.
1: Depression-era petticoats, and <laughs> we used to make our kids 29, dresses flower bags. 29 years, Derek <laughs> Taylor. Christian Amel. early thoughts on uh, Winnipeg versus Montreal?
3: Winnipeg's better than Montreal uh, in just about every facet. That doesn't mean they're going to win, because as we've outlined before, and the last number of years, Calgary lost a couple of great cups where they were absolutely the better team going into it. We've seen Alouette's teams go in as, as the favorite and lose before these teams that have been the class of the CFL in their time. We've also seen Edmonton go in and win five in a row in the late 70s and early 80s. So where is the historical parallel? We'll know more in eight days plus a few hours. But I I just look at if, if Winnipeg takes care of the football, there's just, it's hard for me to imagine them losing this football game next week because is Cody Fajardo going to tear them apart? I don't think so. Is Montreal going to discover their running game all of a sudden? That would be good for them. But it seems like it would take several Winnipeg mistakes for Montreal to win this football game next week. And I would think that Winnipeg's going to win. I'm not a fan of the team. I am a neutral observer, so I don't have the the holdbacks that Greg Mackling does for for looking ahead to such a thing. I will be so bold as to say that if Winnipeg loses this game, it will be a, dis- a really big disappointment and, and to some degree a failure because it's just sitting on a platter right now. Sometimes that that platter can get thrown back in your face. It's football. We've seen it so many times. Yep. Yeah, Underdogs win. Yeah, that's the beauty of sports, especially when it's a one-game do-or-die scenario. But on paper... I don't think it's not playing on paper, but on paper, Winnipeg has clear advantages across the board.
2: And this might be the gift of what happened in the Grey Cup last year, is that the Bombers—they're also motivated by that for sure. And they can guard against—they can guard against something happen that most people didn't foresee. This is the thing
1: I'm waiting for: is the Bombers win the Grey Cup? The hypothetical where the Bombers win the Grey Cup, and people go, it doesn't really count. Because they didn't play the Argos, I cannot wait for that with all my heart. That would be amazing. Because, does it count? They didn't play the sixteen and two team, and yeah, because yeah. the
3: Argos stepped on a rake for three hours, <laughs>
1: like, what, what do you that want? Sideshow Bob, uh, Cape Oof. Fear episode Oof. where he keeps. Uh, let's we'll go next door. And we'll ask Glenn Suter how much he cares about uh, a sixteen. Who deserved to win the Grey Cup in nineteen eighty nine? 16 and 2, Edmonton Elks didn't get there. Yeah. 16 and 2, Toronto Argos didn't get there. And 14 and 4,
2: the 14 and 4 Blue Bombers in 01 were essentially a 16 and 2 team as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This has been a ton of fun. I I came into this day going, you know what, this is kind of a sad day because it's the last game that we get to call. Uh, The Grey Cup rights are held by somebody else. So it's our last game, our last chance to talk to you, and our last chance to celebrate. 15 wins this season now, including a Western final victory. And there are so many people who put in so much work. Skylar Peters, until the dying moments, was putting together an incredible film room today about the week Eight game. in Hawaii. In Hawaii, <laughs> that's right. Uh, Christian on the sidelines puts up with me blaring in his ear for three hours a game. It's nice enough to have me on his show to talk Bombers every Wednesday. G-Mac, who will slide in and do anything I ask of him, including those, this entire post-game show. Doug Brown, who provides an incredible analysis, and is heartbroken he missed this game. The great Bob Irving jumping in with us. Jerry, who puts up with my crap 19 times a year. Like, shoulder check, is Jerry there? Is, Jerry, is it Can you turn my level up? Can you turn it down a little bit? Is it good? Is it good? Um, uh, Marissa Turton providing great stuff in uh, Did You Know? Uh, Brayden Nawasco again. Another guy who puts up with my nonsense. And, is this there? Is that there? Is everything good? My worry wart nature. Uh, and so many people go. Cam Poitras, oh just God. about
2: nailed it with the most outlandish prediction we'd heard all year. That In his hot takes. In his hot takes. The fact that Vernon Adams would throw for less than 200 yards, it. and it almost came to fruition. Yeah, Ed Tate, who provides oh, val- gosh. valuable context
1: and slides in today. So many people go into making this uh, a great broadcast and I, I, love every one of you guys. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It, it has been a, an absolute joy. Uh, we don't get to do the gray cup, but we'll get to be at the gray cup and we'll have some programming around the gray cup and fingers crossed. Nobody sticks their fat hand up and blocks a game winning <laughs> field goal this year. Cause I'm still not over it. Uh, wherever you're listening. Thank you so much. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, Stick with us. Christian and the sports show all week long. Grey Cup coverage. And we will be in Hamilton for the 110th Grey Cup. And the Bombers' fourth straight appearance in the big game. It's been another year of Princess Auto Blue Bomber football on 680. CJOB.
0: For the W, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and 680 CJOB.